0: Hello, neighbor. You are listening to the New Garden Church podcast. We're glad you're here. This year, we are walking through the whole Bible together as a church family, day by day and week by week. We meet at 10 a.m. at DuPont Tyler Middle School in Hermitage, Tennessee. You can join us in person or catch our online gatherings by checking out our website at newgarden.church online. We would love to hear from you. We hope that you enjoy what you hear today and check back in with us again soon. Welcome to week 50 in Long Story Short. In the reading plan this week, we read a number of letters from Paul, but we're gonna stick to the letter of Galatians today. Now, while we can't read through the whole thing, a quick overview would be that Paul's letter confronts the, the Christians in Galatia for listening to outsiders who want these new converts to Christ to rely on the laws of the Torah, especially circumcision, to ensure that they belong as members of God's family instead of relying on their faith in Jesus. He calls this outside message a different gospel because since the beginning, the real good news has never been about earning an entrance into God's family. To prove this, Paul points back to Abraham as this prime example, reminding the Galatians that Abraham never earned his right relationship with God. Instead, Abraham believed and trusted God's promise that one day, All nations would find God's blessing through him and his descendants. God's plan has always been to have a family of people who relate to him on the basis of trust, not the law. The law, as good as it is, does not provide the power to change. But what the law cannot do, Jesus does, and he fully accomplishes it. Through Jesus, the promised offspring of Abraham, God's blessing comes to all nations. His blessing releases his spirit to all those who trust Jesus, and his spirit invites and empowers all humanity to live a new life of love in his family. Followers of Jesus are called to cultivate this new life, but they're not required to be circumcised or to keep Jewish customs. Paul says that what really matters is God's new creation. The family of people who trust in Jesus and learn to love God and others through the power of the Spirit. And as we tend to the garden of our soul, the Spirit can grow new creation fruit in our lives, like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But in order for that to be a reality in our lives, before we can talk about the Spirit working in us and through us, first we have to talk about Christmas. Christmas is just around the corner. Although many of us, especially those who go to Lowe's or Hobby Lobby, they have been letting us know about Christmas since October. This is a special time of year, twinkling lights, singing carols, giving presents, eating more than we should, seeing friends and family. And as much as we try to remember that Jesus is the reason for the season, it's easy to get caught up in the commercial aspects that our culture has promoted for decades. And so it would probably be wise for us to step back for a few minutes and remind ourselves what Christmas should really be about. Christmas is a time that Christians can remember and celebrate God's gift to mankind. God gave us the most wonderful gift the world could not purchase, no mall or department store has in stock. Christmas is the celebration of the event that set the holy host to declare glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those to whom he is pleased. Christmas reminds us that at a specific time, in a specific place, a specific Christmas gift, the gift of all gifts was given for a very specific reason. That gift was our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, what does this Christmas gift really mean for us? What does it mean for God to have sent His only begotten Son to the world? Well, the verses from Galatians today reveals several things about God's great gift to us, His Son, Jesus. The first thing we can learn is this. The gift of Christmas was timely. Have you ever waited for something and thought it would never come? Maybe it's an Amazon package. Uh, Maybe you've received something at just the right time. Perhaps a paycheck that came just in time to pay a bill. Maybe it was a gift that came just in time for your birthday. Maybe it was a message you received at just the right time. The same is true for God. God is an on-time God. He's never late, though we may wish He would hurry up sometimes, We may wish for God to act on our schedule. God is not required to act according to when we think he should, but that does not mean that he does not act. God has a plan. He's had a plan since the beginning of time, and this is what Paul highlights in his letter to the Galatians. When the time was right, God sent his only begotten son, Jesus, to come to be the Savior of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Now, most English translations say something like this, when the fullness of time came. But I kind of like the way the New Living Translation renders it. It says, but when the right time came, God sent his son. At the right moment in history, God sent his only begotten son into the world. Now, scholars say that there were several factors that made this such a suitable time for God to send Jesus and for the gospel to flourish. Like there was relative peace throughout the Roman empire. There was an excellent road system that made it easier to travel from city to city. There was also one common language across the empire that made it easier for people to communicate with each other. So because of these factors, the gospel of Jesus Christ spread. It spread across the known world in ways that would not have been possible in earlier times. Now these are all Important factors for Jesus to be born and for the gospel to be proclaimed at just the right time. But the most important factor is that God determined that this was the right time to send His only Son. God alone determined when the right time was to send Jesus to the world. He had endured mankind's sin with much patience and had sent the long-expected Savior of mankind, who was promised all the way back in Genesis chapter 3. Remember back in January when we talked about that? What uh, the prophets had foretold centuries before and what Israel had longed to see for so long came wrapped in swaddling clothes in a manger in a little town of Bethlehem about 2,000 years ago. So significant was the birth of Christ in human history that the church later divided time by this event into the year of our Lord and before Christ. The birth of Christ came at just the right time and according to God's sovereign plan. The other thing we learn is that the gift of Christmas is redemption. One of the lessons that Scripture teaches us is that we are in debt. Now, how many of you like to be indebted to somebody else? Now, most of us do not like that. Debt enslaves the borrower to the lender, debt puts a person in bondage to the one that he or she owes. But we are all spiritually indebted, enslaved by sin and unable to purchase our freedom. We're like the unforgiving servant who owed his master 10,000 talents, billions of dollars in today's standards. And no matter what he could do, there was no way possible he could pay it. He was to be imprisoned with no hope of release, but only by the mercy of his master was he forgiven his debt. Likewise, we are slaves to the righteous requirements of God's law. None of us is capable of perfectly following the law, which is why God sent Jesus to free us from the bondage of sin and the law. Now look at verses 4 and 5. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. The word redeem means to purchase or to buy one's freedom. Another way to say this is that God sent his only son to buy our freedom because we were slaves to sin and the law. More than that, we did not even have the means to purchase our own freedom. We could not do enough good works or, or obey God enough or the law enough to earn our spiritual freedom. None of us inherits the kingdom of God based on our own merit. We have a debt we cannot repay. So at the right time, God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to set us free. Jesus came to purchase our Freedom. He did that on the cross when our sin was nailed to the cross. He took on our sin and on God, and God's wrath so that we would be free from the guilt of sin and the requirements of the law. And as a result, we're freed from our debt to sin and to the law. We're like the servant who was forgiven an enormous debt he could not pay. Christ has purchased our freedom that we could not pay ourselves. So we're free from sin And yet, sometimes, we still find ourselves being enslaved. One way is through legalism. This is trying to earn favor with God by trying to be righteous through our own actions. Stop doing it. You will fail. Trust in Jesus as the full payment for your sin and the fulfillment of the righteous demands of the law. Another way is by living like those who are enslaved. While we cannot free ourselves or meet the righteous demands of the law by our own actions, we also must not live like those who are still imprisoned by sin and the law. There are those who think that accepting Christ gives them a license to do whatever they feel like, whatever sin they desire to do. But Christ not only saved you from the guilt and judgment of sin, he also saved you from, uh, to live an abundant life for him. So are you living that life or are you living like a prisoner? Now, another truth from Christmas is this. The gift of Christmas is adoption. Redemption implies basically a negative situation. We're redeemed from the curse of the law, from the slave market of sin, from the clutches of the hostile elemental spirits. We were once in bondage, and Jesus came to set us free. But Paul does not stop there. He went on to show us the positive purpose for God sending Jesus to us. Jesus came and died in order to redeem us from the law so that we might receive the full rights of sons. Not only are we free from the bondage of sin through Christ but we are given a new family in Christ. Look at the following passage earlier in the letter. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. Now, everybody wishes they had a perfect family. Many children, they long just to have a family, a place to belong. Many wait year after year in foster care, longing to have a family, longing for someone to want them, for someone to adopt them. There is a beautiful truth in Scripture of people becoming part of God's family. Now many believe that all people are God's children. Now we are all created by God and therefore we're all His creation, but Scripture points to the special privilege of becoming a child of God, of being adopted into His family, that it's reserved to those who have accepted God's Son, Jesus Christ, as their Lord and Savior. So think about what we studied earlier in the Gospel of John. Jesus is the living Word of God, who was with God, who was God. He came to His own people, the Jewish people, yet they did not receive Him. But those who do receive Jesus, those who believe in Him, they receive the right to become children of God. Those are those who are in Christ, are children of God. So when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're adopted into God's family. You become one of His. So if you long to be a part of a family, you can. This is the gift of Christmas, the gift of family, the gift of being a part of God's family. The gift of Christmas is also the gift of inheritance. Because of Christmas and by God's grace, we've been delivered out of slavery into sonship, out of bondage and sin and the powers of darkness into the glorious liberty that belongs to the children of God. Through the blood of Christ, we receive special privileges for being in God's family. Look at the following verses. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Because Christians are children of God, they are in a position to receive the Father's inheritance, beginning with the promised Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the sign and pledge of our adoption. When we become His children, God dwells within us through the person of the Holy Spirit. By the Spirit's presence in our lives, we are truly convinced that God is for us and not against us, that indeed He is our Heavenly Father. The evidence for this wonderful assurance is not necessarily through morality, miraculous works, or spiritual gifts, rather the basic indication of our adoption is that we address God differently. The Spirit invites us to cry out to God by saying, Abba, Father. Now We should sense this connection every time we pray the Lord's Prayer, which begins with these words, Our Father in Heaven. The Spirit confirms this connection. The person who tries to justify themselves before God by works is a slave to God's law. But the one who is justified by faith in Christ is no longer a slave, but a child with the full rights as an heir to God's infinite treasures. We are declared righteous through faith in Jesus Christ, not through works of the law. And those who rely on the works of the law to be justified with God, Paul would say they're under a curse. Therefore, once you're freed from the curse, don't be enslaved to it again. Don't go back to slavery. God has sent Jesus, to free you from that, God has made us co-heirs with Christ. Do not be enslaved to a legalistic system of trying to earn favor with God. Live like free people, trusting in the gift of Christmas, Jesus Christ and His work on the cross. Live as an heir of the King. So, What are you hoping for this Christmas? Is it a new toy? Is it a new piece of clothing? A new tool? You know, is it something neatly wrapped with a bow or in a bag? Or is it a someone who could not be wrapped except in some old swaddling clothes and who was not laid under a tree but laid in a manger bed? Will you this season receive Jesus as the Savior who was sent at just the right time to save you from your most desperate plight? Will you receive the gift of redemption? of salvation, of an escape from eternal separation that could not be earned or bought? Will you receive the gift of family, not the family you're accustomed to spending Christmas with every year, but the spiritual family of God that endures for all eternity? Will you receive a divine inheritance, not of money or property, but of the Holy Spirit of God, His presence, and of eternal life with Him, these are the true gifts of Christmas. They're the things we purchase in a store, wrapped in paper, or exchange with each other on Christmas Day. If you've never received the gift of Christmas, of Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I invite you to receive them today. For those who have received Christ, how should we live as a result of that gift? I suggest four things as we close. First, be patient. Remember that God's timing is not the same as ours. When the time is right, God will do what He plans to do. We just need to be ready and obedient. Second, be thankful. Are you thankful for God redeeming you, for purchasing your life at the expense of His Son's life? Think of the bondage that you were in prior to Jesus, and then cultivate an attitude of gratitude for the freedom that you have as a result of God's gift of His Son. Third, Remember who you are. God sent Jesus in order to adopt you into His family. Maybe your earthly family is not that good, or maybe you don't even have a family at all. But through Christ, we are all brothers and sisters in God's great family. And and then finally, celebrate your adoption. Live like a free child of the King. If God has adopted you into His family, live like a free child of the King. Trust Christ completely for your salvation. Christ redeemed you for you to become His. He did not free you so that you will remain in sin. This is good news. And this is what Christmas is all about. That's it for this time. Thank you for checking in with us. And we'll be back with another episode again next week.